Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Kings for Christ podcast. We thank you for tuning in and we hope and pray that you will get something out of it, that you will continue to grow and continue to support us as well as we look and point towards Jesus as our example. So without further ado, here's the episode for this week's podcast. Okay. Hello and good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to our men's Bible study, where we typically just read through a chapter of the Bible. Um, once we're done with that, we'll, we'll kind of each take turns uh, reading some of the chapter. Um, and then once we're done, we'll just talk about some of the verses that stick out to us. Um, and then we'll also, like if there's some questions or anything that anyone may have, it can be related to the chapter or related to anything else in life. It doesn't matter. We'll just go ahead and talk about that. Uh, really just have an open environment for us to just talk and discuss different topics as men. And yeah, so today we will be and Philippians chapter three. Um, if you have the option, we typically read the NLT. Um, if not, just whatever Bible you have is perfectly fine. Um, but before we begin, I will go ahead and pray us in. Uh, dear Lord, God, I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for today. Lord, I thank you um, that we are here and able to just uh, come together and talk through your word, uh, talk as men and just learn from one another as we ultimately learn about you. And even learn about ourselves, oh God. I pray, Lord, that we would truly be here, God, that we would truly be present, um, that any hindrances or distractions that the enemy may, may have planned, I ask you, Lord, that you would just tear them down right now in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that we would be open, um, that our discussions would be fruitful, and that we would even just learn something new um, that we haven't learned before. So I pray all these things would be done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. All right. So go ahead, open up to Philippians chapter three uh so we'll just kind of take turns do three verses at a time and we'll go from there finally my brethren rejoice in the lord for me to write the same things to you is not telitious but for you is is safe beware of dogs beware of evil workers beware of manipulation for we are the circumcision who worship god in the spirit rejoice in jesus christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure blood citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13 now. 
No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many who conduct, whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as Savior. He will take away our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. One thing that stuck out to me was verse 10. It's talking about how I may know him and his power and his, of his resurrection. And so I, I took a philosophy. I'm taking a philosophy class right now for the summer. And it's talking about right now what he was talking about, why people believe, why people don't. You know what I mean? And it's talking about science and math, how that differs from, I guess, uh, religion. And in science, you know, if you conduct an experiment, you're supposed to get the same outcome, you know, and it's it's the external thing. So I can uh, I can mix two concoctions together and every time I mix together, I'll get the same reaction. Or like in math, you're supposed to get one answer. You know what I mean? It's one answer. And if I plug this, after I get that answer, I can plug that answer to a similar equation, and, you know, and I can prove it to everybody. I can show you my work and I can show you step by step about what happened. Well, with why where it comes different with religion, where it comes different with God, is that it's internal, you know, and it's not something that I can really show. I can tell you about it. I can point you to scriptures. I can preach to you, but it's more of an internal thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's more. It all starts inside of you. That's why some people have a hard time because everything that we see in, in today's world is all external. Every, all reactions, all uh, uh, just facts, all external. And then when it comes to this, he talks about how he may know his power and his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. And those are all things how, that we have to believe in ourselves and start, start starting within us. And it's like, we can't really, it's a difference between like knowing it, reading about it, hearing about it in church, but then knowing it, even though we weren't there, knowing that it happened, you know what I mean? Getting that into our spirit. And like, it's a difference between like, cause everything we, like I said before, everything we see is all external. Everything is, is uh, uh, uh factual we don't believe anything else outside is factual just like one plus one we we believe that it's two because we've seen it happen before we are it's, it's factual and i can do an experiment right now technically and add it up and i'll get two but with this it's like we have to get to the point where we know it you know what i mean not just we read it and the pastor said it and uh some other people told me about it but it's like we know it for ourselves we experience god for ourselves that just kind of stuck out to me it was powerful to me and it's not him just believing because somebody else, but like knowing it for yourself. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, and that really should be like 
higher faith is. That's something that you you kind of get on your own. It's not something that was forced upon you. Not something that you know someone told you to do it, so you did it, and now now you're in it. Like, of course, you know, as, as believers, we're told to, to to preach and share the gospel and, and tell people about our faith. Um, but it, it should be your own. You know, it shouldn't be something that's just like, well, someone told me to do it, so I'm here now. Like, no, like that's not even like a real genuine relationship. Like, you should want God for yourself, not because someone else told you to do it. And, it, and like in any type of relationship, like you wouldn't want to be. Or even like your spouse probably wouldn't want you to be with them if you're just like, well, someone told me to marry you, so I'm here. Like no one, no one wants that. And so that's the same thing with God. Like God doesn't want you to have a relationship with Him just because. Well, my mama told me to to go to go to church, so here I am. Like, yeah, God, that's not genuine. That's not. That's really not the love that, that He wants or that we should have towards Him. I would say that to add on that, that's something that I've been thinking about just recently. Like why why am I doing this? You know, why am I believing in this? And uh, I was thinking, like, am I doing it because this is what because this is what I feel my parents would want me to do? Or um, am I doing this because I know, like, you know, I want to be I want to be able to stay in this house and live in this house. I know my parents are in this. You know, if I was doing something else, they probably wouldn't be able to live in this house. But um, I think that it's important that we have that real relationship for ourselves and not. It did not be like based on somebody else's relationship. It has to be made real for you. And um, I think that um, and then now I've just been at a place where it's like, even if I wanted to get away from it, I couldn't because I don't know. It's just something about this. That it's just like the convictions is there. You know, I've definitely had my, my days where I've got to like, is Jesus real? Did this really happen? Did he really die on the cross and everything like that? But like, I think of like, I think it's in John where it talks about um, how God and the Holy Spirit would make a home in your heart. And you talk about like him being inside of you. He'd make a home inside of you, inside of your heart. And he works through you. We can see God through, through people. His work is completed through people. And even though we have not physically seen Jesus, you know, it's something about this that we just really, well, for me personally, I just can't get away from even if I try. But it begs the question, like, and that's the question I have for anybody else, like, who's to say if my if I grew up in a Muslim home, would I grow up Muslim and be having these convictions towards, you know, Islam or whatever? Or if I grew up Buddhist, like, would I have these convictions toward Buddhism? Like, how much of an influence is my parents on my life? And at what point does it become real for you personally? I think it becomes real for you personally when you realize it for yourself. Um, you go into like. Like college really helped me out when I, uh, cause I got to, I got to Eastern and, uh, well, no, when I got out of high school, I went to prep school and I was like, I'm finally out of my parents' house. I don't have to like go wake up for church every day. Like I don't have to do that. And then God placed me right in front of a church. Like literally, um, put my, put, like put the dorm that I was in, um, in North Carolina, literally right in front of a church. So every Sunday I was hearing their music, like. That's how close I was. And um, I started going for myself. And it was not a nominational church. Uh, and that really shaped my whole, like, faith walk. It, start, it started it. And then I got to Eastern. And we had, like, this Athletes in Action thing. And that shaped it even more. And, and, then, and now I have a teammate who is Muslim as well. 
and the things he says and the things that I that I believe are are, are like a little different, but I'm strong within it. So like uh, when he talks to me about like you know that stuff, I'm like well, in my faith, my faith is strong enough to uh, to like not like be influenced by it and not like you know not I don't know I there's no good way to say it, but just just to not be influenced by what he says. And then but some of my teammates are easily swayed and. It and it shows. So, I feel like what you what you saying with that is more of a uh, a you know thing. You know what I mean? Like your your faith is not easily moved because you know, kind of going back to Eddie when you talk about how's it uh, when the point becomes real to you, it became real to you. And when you know that you know that you know, you know, what I mean, you can't be swayed. Even looking at the Bible, looking at the disciples when they like they was when Jesus was crucified, they read ahead because. Me personally, I feel like deep down they may not have known that they know they weren't one hundred percent certain. But when they seen him rise up from the dead on that third day, they didn't care whether they were going to die. They didn't care what happened to him. They didn't you know. What I'm saying they had they had a new boldness because they were they knew it it was real for them. In the same instance, you talking about how you not you're not easily swayed. You're not easily moved by what somebody says to you. Even even not even just a Muslim somebody Muslim talking about their faith. It's things in this world. You're not easily moved because you know and your faith is, is strong in its foundation. But then you have other people who their faith or their belief or whatever, like your teammates, if it's not that strong, of course you're gonna be moved. You know what I mean? Of course anything can move you. And like just going like talking how, how Eddie was talking about it being real to you, it has to become through an experience. That's that's really all it is. And even going to I, I saw uh Mr. Bright talk about how how do you prove Jesus? Like it's you can prove Jesus. But at the end of the day, you can't really, it's, it's hard to prove Jesus something that's spiritual in the natural, you know what I mean? Or in the, not in the natural, like in the, in a, in a fleshly realm, you know what I mean? Like, like I was talking about before, all science and math, that's all in a, in a natural fleshly realm. And now you're trying to prove something that's spiritual in the fleshly realm. And, and atheists and other people can kind of prove that he's not real, you know what I mean? Which is kind of, it's kind of unfair to me. Which is like we prove with something spiritual, we trying to prove in the flesh. And I kind of look at it like I heard somebody talk about how uh, Serena Williams has like zero uh, NFL Super Bowl rings. Does that make her a failure of an athlete, though? You know what I mean? It doesn't make her a failure because you kind you're putting her in a different category that's than what she is uh, supposed to perform in. Same thing with, with with God. You know what I mean? He's in a different. It's, it's, he's mostly spirit. Like everything in our faith is spiritual. You trying to prove it in the, in the physical in which you can in some aspects but in not all aspects but so it, it comes to a point where it's it, what's it's real to you you know what i mean it has to come real to you you have to experience him for yourself to make him real experience him in your if in your spirit i know that i kind of I feel like i'm rambling but nah you you good drew and also too i like to shed a light on i think you can show jesus through um i think even we read it in the scripture on how you live right if you live every day and you know you live a certain way and people be like, why are you always smiling when you're going through stuff? Why are you, somebody, like I said before, like one of my friends asked me, like, Ryan, you be going through stuff? And you just smile and you just get through it. Like, how do you do that? I was like, then that's my opportunity to show, to show not only my faith to him, but how to do it as well. And then shine light on Jesus and give glory back to God and saying, this is how I get through stuff. I go through stuff just like everybody else. But at the end of the day, I have something that uh, will get me through and, and will sustain me no matter what comes my way. 
And that's what I, you know, rest my faith in. That's my rock. So at the end of the day, I think you can show it based off how you live. Even when you go through stuff, I think that shows it even more because you rely on that power of Jesus to get you through. And that's, that. I think that's how you can show it. Definitely. That's a good point. Having your flesh show our experience of what's going on at work. That's a good point. And I was just recently watching um, this guy. I forgot his name. Uh, I think it's like Cliff or something like that. But him and his son typically go to college campuses and make a defense for the case of Christ. And a lot of times um, you see people coming from a like a scientific <clears throat> background when it comes to like validating the validity of, of Jesus and whether or not he was real or not. And kind of like what you were saying, like it's kind of hard to to talk about something in that sense when Jesus if you just want to prove who Jesus is, that's more of like a historical thing. You know, there's no, there's not, a, there's not a science behind that. And so when things happen in history, you know, it's, it's recorded, written down based off of eyewitness testimonies. And Andrew, what you were saying earlier, like science is more based off of the, the repeatability of something. So if you're trying to scientifically prove Jesus, like you, you don't repeat him dying on the cross again to show that he was alive. You can even take it in like in a, in a simpler sense. Like you don't repeat me being born to show that I I actually exist. Like my birthday, December twenty third, nineteen ninety eight. Like that's that's the history of of my birthday. Like you don't repeat that. That's just that's just fact. That's just how it is. And so when it comes to to Christ, uh, you have to take it in a historical sense. You can't look at it as a a thing of of a science behind it. It, it just doesn't work like that. And so and and of course like. The evidence that we have historically of just written down documents, like, you know, that's what we have. And some people may say, oh, well, that's not good enough. We need more hard evidence. Like, I mean, what do you want them to do to pull out their iPhone 13 and take a picture of them being with Jesus? Like, no, you, you don't you don't do that. You know what they did is um, they would repeat stuff over and over again. They would memorize things and eventually they'll be able to memorize it so well. That they just wrote it down on whatever document that they had. So they didn't, they didn't even have notebooks and stuff carrying around with them. You know, that's something that you got to go back home and do. And after you memorize the whole thing is when you're able to write it down, things of that nature. So you, what you were saying, you got you to change your lens of when it comes to validating uh, the, the validity of who, who Christ is and his actual life on earth. And also, too, Zeke, one, one, one more point to add to that. Um, I, don't, I know people, I know like certain people who, um, think that, you know, the Bible is just a, a list of rules that we got to follow and everything. But I say this often, like literally the Bible is the book of life. Like it tells you everything you need to do. It tells you, you know, how to deal with money, how to deal with friends, how to deal with everybody. But at the end of the day, we just got to read it and then we'll read, we'll read it and then apply it to our life to show that we have read it. Um, because anybody can read, I can read an article and just, you know, forget about it. But if I read it and then apply what I've learned, that's, that's, I think that's how, that's another way you can show Jesus is by, you know, not only reading his word, but also, you know, living it out day to day. I have a challenge for you guys. If you look at the definition of faith, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Science is nothing more than studying what God has created and by scientific proof or experiment repeating it. So is faith opposite of science or is science chasing God, because you guys all tell me experiences, you guys all tell me that experiences proving that you know God. Boy Scouts 
believe in scouting and do good works. Muslims believe their religion and some do good works. How can you prove Jesus is real? I think it depends on what we look at as good. Because I believe everybody may have their own perspective of what good is and what bad is, um, especially when you get into different levels of faith. There could be someone who thinks that killing someone to, to increase their, their level of faith is a good thing. Whereas if you come into you know, America or something and, and think that, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really fly like that. I think if you just kind of like leave the interpretation up to anyone of like what they think good is, you can kind of get a lot of a chaos going on in this world. You look at someone like Adolf Hitler, who goes on and, and kills a plethora of Jewish people. He thought what he was doing was right. But in everyone else's sense, it's like, I actually know, like, you know, doing that, that's not that's not cool. And so I, I believe that there has to be some sort of standard of what is good. And what isn't good, and so for for me, my my, I would say that with the standard that that Christ provided or what Jesus provided, it's not even the standard of something that like necessarily everyone agrees upon. Because some of the things is like I don't I don't want to do. Some of the things is, is kind of contrary to what our our flesh desires. So you look at something that's like you know love your enemy, do good to those who persecute you. Not too many people you know want to follow something like that. Or how he would even take the law and hold it to a different level. You know, in, in Matthew, he talks about, uh, you, you've heard it, that it is uh, a sin to commit adultery. But I, I tell you that even if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, with lust, you have committed adultery within your heart. And so you have stuff like that where it's just like completely contrary to what is natural for, for what we may desire as, as humans or as men. To me, I, I think that that speaks more of to like the validity or the truth of, of it versus with what any other faith may profess. So I, I just challenge all you guys to um, think realistically. Go to the book of Acts and read just the first few verses and it'll shock you what it says. If you just read the first three verses of the book of Acts, it says the first account I composed Theophilus, I'm reading from a New American Standard about all that Jesus began to do and teach on the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostle whom he had chosen. So he had specifically chosen. The word chosen there means to select. So think about what Jesus is doing. He specifically selected apostles who he chose. Think about that. Why would he select specific apostles? To these, he also presented. If you look at what presented there means, he showed, he exhibited himself alive after his resurrection by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning to the kingdom of God. Jesus literally rose from the dead, literally selected specific apostles to literally see him alive. He literally did that. Then it says later on, he literally tells them um, that they will be uh, witnesses 
it says in verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses. Somebody who witnesses a scientific experiment is someone who does the experiment and can witness and document this is exactly what occurred. He says, I want you to be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So wait a minute, he's telling these apostles who are alive in about 30 or 40 AD that they will be witnesses. They will be witnesses to what he has risen and done to the remotest part of the earth. They're over in Israel. I'm in America today. I'm in the United States in Michigan, thousands of miles away from Israel. But today I can read the book of 1 John which literally was not written at that particular time. And the book of 1 John says that what I've held, what I've touched in my hand, John gives a literal witness that Jesus rose from the dead. So how did this man, Jesus, say that these apostles would be witnesses? John would write these witness accounts. And if you look all through the New Testament, they're all witness accounts of Jesus. Philippians is a witness account of Jesus. So that now, 2,000 years later, years, the, the, the printing press would come later. Who would have predicted that? That now today, that witness would live all around the earth. And go back to the Old Testament. 700 years before Jesus walked the earth, there were prophecies that he would come. So God literally had men write evidence of who he was and that he would come to the earth and that he would give his life. The Bible as Markwell wrote, is a written, documented witness of people who claim that Christ would come. God gave his witness the Bible. That's the proof. And through that Bible, those who have not seen him believe. Don't let anybody move you away from your faith. Faith in reality, science just chases faith. Science chases God. Science is just man studying what God has created. And then once he's able to understand at least close to the way it's created, he's able to build things. But they fall because they don't completely know God. So don't let anyone ever move you from your faith. And experience is not it. It's God. So what you said, uh, it made me think of, uh... I was like looking it up at Romans 10, 17, and that says uh, faith comes by hearing. That is hearing uh, the good news of Christ, hearing the word of God. And so, and then I even think of, I think it's like in first Timothy or second Timothy, where it talks about how the Bible, uh, the entire Bible is God breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that these, every single word to the, to the to the though to the a to the soul like every word in the bible was so intentional and specific in, in putting this whole thing together and it's like like you said this is the proof and by reading it you will consequently you know god will reveal himself through his word consequently your heart will soften consequently your faith will grow you know if you're constantly feeding yourself the word that is like literal cause and effect based on what it says in the word. So it's, um, 
a lack of faith could be um could be signs of a lack of time spent with God or a lack of time spent in his word. If you want to grow your faith, it simply says to get in his word and to fill yourself every single day, renewing your mind every single day with the word of God. And you will see your faith uh, grow and you will see even how God, you will see God's work in your life, God's work in earth. And then I also had a friend of mine who would say, if you really want to see God, just look at what he created. You know, it's it's a literal masterpiece sometimes, even just looking at the clouds and seeing how it's formed and like, you know, the earth, what is what, 70% water? We can easily just be consumed by all the water that's on this earth or whatever, or even how put, how precisely positioned the earth is um, from the sun. You know, if we were just like a step closer, we'd be burnt up. If we were a step closer, we'd be cold as ice or whatever. But we are perfectly positioned. Everything is perfectly aligned. And God is very intentional in that way. So it's like it's impossible not to, you know, uh, not for there not to be evidence of God. But it's all around us. Excellent point. I want to speak to when you said faith comes by hearing. And that Greek word used to say hearing, the, the tense of that verb denotes not just single time heard, but denotes a constant action. So as we constantly hear the word of God, that either by reading it, reading it, you're really saying it a lot in your head, or saying it ourselves, we're constantly feeding it and growing that faith. That we and that faith will then allow you to speak to other people and speak to the mountain, the mountain will move. In the word of God, not in your God's word. So it's important for us to grow our faith by word, studying the word, so doing, spending time with God, that He'll download into our spirit. He wants us to have, because He can constantly do that. We have to make ourselves available to it, where which the quest is of science. Uh, Mr. talked about how. God, that's exactly true. They're coming along now saying, that, you know, the Big Bang Theory, there must be an intelligent life out there. We knew that the whole time. It's called God. It's not just intelligent life. He, he is life. So science is coming along proving in a natural already new spiritually to begin with. So it's chasing after that. And yet we upon that because we have our faith and our faith solidifies us in knowing who God is, how real he is to us, and that realism is played out in our relationship with him. Whenever you find yourself, maybe your faith might be waving or you're not as sure, not as confident in who God is to you, I encourage you, encourage you as well as myself, time with him, reading his word, studying his word, and then living it out and walking out and watching us have the results that he's intended for us to have. Along with that, why you, why both all three of you guys were talking. I kind of was thinking like the the Bible and like like God almost like I ain't gonna say hundred percent, but it seems like it almost completely contradicts what the world says. You know what I mean? It it almost contradicts what uh, I'm not gonna say contradicts what science says anymore because like that's a good point that science chases God. But like for example, in the natural, if I have ten dollars. And I give somebody else ten dollars, I have zero dollars. 
you know what I mean? The Bible talks about if you give, it shall be given unto you. So the Bible talks about the more you, the more you give, the more you shall receive, which completely contradicts what we know in the physical, or in the physical, or in, or in the spiritual. It talks about how if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. You know what I mean? Bring yourself lower, you go up higher. But in the, in the physical, we only know the only way to go higher is to go up. You know what I mean? Not to go down. What the Bible talks about when you, it's like, it's, it's just so many things, like, like all the scriptures, like it, it almost completely contradicts what we were taught or what we're taught in the world, what we're conditioned by the world to, to know. If you do not care for, you don't stay in your word, it kind of like, I won't call it realism, but it's like sometimes the world kind of makes you somewhat snap into the earthly reality. Like, hold on, this all makes sense. You know what I mean? Like Jesus, like even like even talking about the scripture, talking about if you, you commit a lust, it's just by looking. In the uh, physical, you're not convicted or you're not um, arrested if you just look at something. You can look at anything you want. You can say anything you want in the in the physical. Like you can't be a, you rarely can be arrested off of things that you can that you say. You can rarely be arrested off of things that you look at. You know what I mean? Or getting choked for what you say or what you look at. But in the in the in the spirit, it says you can't look at everything. You can't you can't speak foul language. You can't speak blasphemy against the the Holy Spirit. But in in the, in the world, I can go outside and cuss Jesus out. In, in 30 different languages and I won't be arrested. You know what I mean? It just seems like it, it, it almost has an inverse relationship to it. The part I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on is like, I think it's still in 10, 10 and 11, where he talks about, uh, I want to suffer with him, sharing his, in his death. When I saw it, I'm like, suffer? What, what the heck? Uh, or sharing his death. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, I think, like I, when I think about suffering and not knowing what it means, um, it's like sometimes we can we uh, sometimes we know that God is real and that He exists and everything like that, but we still want to do our own thing because we don't maybe we don't want to uh, accept the suffering part about it too. Uh, maybe it's unknown what that suffering will will look like. I think speaking personally, sometimes it'd be hard. It's hard thinking about dang like. I might lose friends, you know, I might be talked about for no reason. Um, I might be, you know, stabbed in the back, all these different things, just because I'm deciding to live for God, like not doing anything wrong to anybody, just making a personal choice to live my life this way. And now I'm being attacked for it, you know, not bothering anybody else. Right. And it, right. And it might, it might just be me. I don't know if I'm just not speaking to anybody else, but I want to, um, See, like, what are y'all thoughts about that whole point about suffering and sharing his death um, and what things have come with maybe your decision to um, serve God or maybe got you on the fence about, like, do I really want to do this? Like, what comes with all this? I think that can be some stuff that can cause some people to, like, stray away or not really want to, like, focus on God. And I think that's also, it could be a reason why some people may have a, a mindset of, like, uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a wait for this Jesus stuff when I get a little bit older. You know, I don't I don't want to deal with this right now. When I when I once I once I do the things that I want to do now, then I'll go ahead and focus on God and do whatever comes with that. So I, I mean, it, it for sure can be can be off putting because I mean, who wants to suffer? You know, who who wants to go through through things like that? Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of things that occur in the world, whether that be being a parent, being someone who works at a certain job, working out, 
there are some things that you go through in those positions that you don't necessarily want to endure. But a lot of those things help you build and grow as a person. So when it comes to working out, people really don't want to be sore afterwards. But someone who works out consistently knows that being sore is actually a good thing because what's happening is that your muscles are slowly tearing and rebuilding and tearing and rebuilding. And to the point is building almost a, a resistance to where they're getting stronger. And so, yes, this soreness sucks in the moment, but the strength that comes about it afterwards is good. You think about being a parent. And although I, I have no kids, I've maybe said a couple of times, but that's still not comparing to actually being a, a parent for someone for 18 years. And they're like infancy of them waking up two, three o'clock in the morning crying. Sometimes they're hungry. Sometimes they just want you to be around. And it's just like, man, like, do you not have the sense to know that I'm sleeping right now? This is bedtime. But no, ba babies don't, they don't understand that. They just, you know, I'm hungry. I want, I want, I want some attention, whatever. And we understand that those moments suck, but the relationship that you get with your child is just so beautiful. It's worth it. That's the little stuff like that is like, you know, I don't even, I don't even care because I, I know in the end that the relationship that I actually have with my child is going to be worth it. You think about working and you may have some coworkers that get on your nerves. You may have a manager or a boss who may constantly ask you to do stuff. And it's just like, man, why don't you ask somebody else to do something? But at the same time, we know that like the work that we are putting in can be effective, not only for the company itself, but maybe it's effective for you to where you, you've practiced this and now you're able to, to love your spouse better, you're able to love other people better, or maybe to, you're able to get a better understanding of certain things and how people think and process and do stuff to where you're able to, now you have a better, um, let's say effectiveness and conflict resolution because of the things that you've been able to do with at work. Or maybe you're, you, just get, you just so happen to get a raise now because your boss has, has gave you a plethora of things and he's like, you know what, you've been working well, here, I'm gonna give you this now. And so I, I think that a lot of times we just get so fixated on the temporary pain or the temporary suffering and don't really look at the whole grand scheme of things. So really is is a matter of perspective because almost everything that you do in enduring life, there's gonna be some type of like trial, some type of obstacle, something you're gonna run into that's gonna be like, man, I don't wanna do this anymore. I'm done. I wanna do, I wanna do something else. But if you would almost open up your mind a little bit be a little bit more of a, on the grand, think of more on the grand scheme, you'll be able to, to actually realize that, man, actually something good can come out of this. And that's what, what, what Romans tells us in Romans 8.28, right? For, uh, for all things work together for the good of those who love him. So all things includes the good things and the bad things. They work together. Zeke, do you just realize that you do you realize you just preached the gospel, man? Oh, well. I mean, <laughs> when you said that you suffer on your job, right? And then after you suffer, right, your boss recognizes you can handle it. Right? Isn't that what Jesus did? Yeah. He suffered. Right. And he's asking us to do the same. Just like you said, he's asking us to put up with, dude, you're not even, you don't even, 
you're not even, you don't even have kids and you're able to understand that a parent suffers for their child. <laughs> and, and you suffer for your spouse and the people who you love for their benefit. That's love, man. That, that, that is what he's calling it. We suffer with one another. I'm sure, you know, we all don't get along 155% of the time, right? You know what I'm saying? Eddie hangs out with Markwell. Markwell hangs out with Eddie. I'm sure they suffer, you know, amongst each other sometimes. But there's love, right? You know what I'm saying? That Zeke, that was that was deep, man. That was deep. And, and to add to Zeke's point, like while we are suffering, like we have somebody to always run to. Um, not saying it's gonna be easy, like you just said, like this life is not easy, but you can rely and trust in me and I'll get you through it. And we and you wanna know how? Because he did it. He laid he, he was a perfect example. So if he can do it and we know we have him then we know through our suffering we'll come out of it because he he paid the ultimate sacrifice and he came out of it so he's a perfect example and we can use him as well and that's what some people don't have some people don't have it right so if you do have it it's, it's best to not only use it but rely on it and trust it because at the end of the day if you just trust him one time you just need a faith a little much to see if you trust him one time and he he will blow your mind and then when you go through another situation in the future, it's like, well, I've gone through it before and this was the outcome, me giving it to Jesus. Well, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Then you end up and you like 70 or 80 and you made it that far because you trusted in God. I, I, I like that point that Zeke had talked about, you know, and even like looking at, at, at like talking about how he suffered. Like how we call, we call it to be like Jesus. Jesus suffered. So, you know, everybody wants to, be the be the part where you know he was exalted and he rose from the dead and he healed the sick. Then there nobody wants to be in the suffering season, you know. And that's what we're called to we're called to suffer. We're called to suffer on this earth. And like in there, like I think I think I think we can talk about like, is it worth like just that that point? Is it worth it? And even Jesus went through that point. Like he was, it's worth it. He asked Father, pass his better cup from him. You know what I mean? Like he, he he didn't know at the time. Like he questioned if it was going to be worth it or not. And we all come to the point where, like, is it worth it? Is it worth losing all my friends? Is it worth uh, being laughed at? Is it worth not being invited to parties? Is it worth people not uh, talking to me anymore, cutting me off? Like, is, is it worth it? You know what I mean? Is it worth giving up all the sin that I've been indulging in since I was five? Like, is it is it worth it? And eventually, it comes to a point. It's like you talk about either, whether it's your parent and see your child walk across that stage and realizing that every night that I stayed up it was worth it. Or, or get that marriage when y'all hit the fifty mark or whatever mark, and you, like it was worth it. it. Comes to a point where you, where you, you realize it's worth it. So like you, like I would suffer all over again. I would uh, sacrifice all my my flesh and all my sins and everything. I would sacrifice it all over again. I would suffer with them all over again because it was worth it. And I mean, me personally, we are even in our faith. I feel like we all had, had to sit back. At what point is like did I did I do the right did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Is it is it worth being a Christian? Is it is it worth all this? You know, I'm still I've been in that period, and if you're a Christian, you say you have been in that period, I'm gonna have to assume you lying. We've all <laughs> we've all had that 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 season of is it worth it? You know, and it's not being a Christian is not how we think of it sometimes. Like all the happiness and joy, it's not what it it is a a joyous thing where you can't decide to be the Lord for, for eternity, but it's when you become saved, really, what you do is you enter in the you enter in the war. You know what I mean? It's like you enlisted yourself in in a war. 
So yes, it is a happy thing because you're gonna win, and it's it, but it's it's gonna be a long battle, and it's gonna be a battle where you gotta choose God daily, sacrifice your flesh daily. You know what I mean? We have to suffer. It, we have to suffer it daily, but then at the end, it's gonna be worth it. I like I did I did like that that example you gave, especially about the job. Like you question if it's worth it when that check comes. Like yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, unless it's short. Look then. You coming to you done change your whole occupation. Now you're a math major. You're calculating everything. You're like, okay, we, we take out this much in taxes. And there's and there's this. Like, hold on now. It's about five hundred dollars short. <laughs> exactly. Not the check straight. I don't know if it's gonna be worth it. Then you might have to change something up. But y'all talking about suffering. Because like I, I got a testimony like like uh probably like a year ago, like when the COVID and stuff had hit, I had got like really sick. Um and I was sick for probably like two months. <clears throat> don't know if it was COVID. Don't know what it was. Uh, I had every symptom in the book, you know, whatever. And so after that had happened, I began to have these situations with my heart where um, I'm a musician. I play drums. So like I'd be, I'd be at a uh, church playing drums and like my heart would start racing while I'm playing drums. So I had to stop playing completely. So I would literally, I would literally go to like the hospital and I'd be sitting in the hospital like, just sitting there, you know, allowing the doctor to do tests, you know, blood drawn on me. They come back into the room. Nothing is wrong with you. We don't see nothing wrong with your heart. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what's going on? And for me, I believe it was God trying to get my attention because, like, I, I was just living how I wanted to live. I wanted to enjoy life. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, you know, again, you know, it happened. You know, uh, I continued to start having a situation with my heart because I wanted to live how I wanted to live. And it just continually happened like over and over again. And I found myself just like y'all were talking, just in the season of suffering where like I was sick, like I was sick, like inwardly and outwardly, but I didn't see it. Um, and it was, it was scary because I literally thought I was, but I was dying spiritually and I was dying naturally. Like in my head, I already, I already had it. Like I'm going to die. Like I already had it in my head. You know, I allowed the enemy to come into my head. Like, yeah, this is, this is it for you, bro. You're not going to live you know, past where you are now. And at the time I was like, I was like 23, 24, I think I was 24. And I was literally giving up on myself, literally like, like naturally and spiritually just giving up on myself. But it got to the point to where I literally had to just literally fall on my face and allow God to really just like come into my heart and come into my spirit. And in that time, I learned that it was literally God pushing me into something that I didn't see for myself. So it's like, how are we going to be able to heal people if we haven't been through the sickness? How are we going to, you know, be able to teach people faith if we haven't been through something uh, that has, you know, grown us to have faith? So like during that time, I had to rely on God because it's like I can't rely on people. I can't rely on my parents. My parents can pay for me. My brother can pay for me. The people at the church can pay for me. But if I don't have that on my own relationship with God, what is their prayers? You know? Like, why? Like, why? Why? You know, I'm asking them to pray for me, but I can't go to the source myself and ask God, like, God, I need your help. I need your strength. And so in that time, I understood that the strength of God was stronger than the prayers of the people. You know, the people can pray. People can pray for me. You know, of course, it, it gets to heaven. But if I don't pray for myself and, I, and if, if I don't get that strength from God himself, then it doesn't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? If, you could, if I can plug right into the source and I will receive exactly what he has for me. So now I'm in a space to where it's like everything that God has for me, I'm seeing it being like revealed in front of my face just because of the times that I have been through 
where I thought I was going to die. I thought, you know, life was over. Like I thought everything was just falling apart, but now I'm seeing everything getting rebuilt back together. I'm gaining my strength back. And it's literally all because of me getting back to that place where God wants me to be of just like, you know, going after him, discerning his spirit. Um, and right now, right now I'm studying Proverbs and it's like the way of knowledge is like the way uh, fearing God is, hold on, let me, wait, let me make sure I get it right. Uh, when you fear God, you gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Um, and so that's just where I'm at now. So um, like I literally went through like a year, it was like a year or two of just straight suffering where like everything was falling apart. Um, I just, I literally thought I was going to die naturally. Like everything was over, but um, getting to that place and really having that true faith in God, like being on hospital beds. I don't been to the hospital three, four times and doctor has not seen nothing at all. They done took ultrasounds, all that stuff on my heart, all that stuff. I have not seen nothing. So I just believe that it was a test and, and a time for me to really understand what God, you know, wants for me and what, you know, he's doing in this season. And it's all about getting closer to him um, at the end of the day. That's, 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 that's the key. Um, that's literally it. That's all. And that's all he wants, because once you, once you connect to him, it's like he'll direct your path. You know, that's it literally. And um, I believe when you go through stuff like that, it just brings you closer, him, closer to him and understanding like his real purpose for your life. So, yeah. Good, bro. I'm glad you drop the mic for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Praise Jesus. Wow. And what you said at the very end, too, kind of it goes back a little bit to what we were uh, talking about at the beginning of like how when you were going to the doctors, the science was saying that everything is fine with you, man. Right. You're good. You're all set. But there was the, your spirit within you, and you knew, like, nah, there's something wrong. This isn't, this isn't right. I shouldn't be, be feeling this way. Literally, another a testament of this, like, you can't really re rely on what the science says all the time. Literally, all I can say is God is good, man. Like, he is, he is, he is amazing. Um, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm very like emotional when I, I wouldn't even say emotional, but like, I reverence the Holy Spirit. And like when I talk about stuff like that, it, it affects me because it's like God is good. Like God is amazing. Like I mean, I gotta stop because then I will start crying because you know, don't when stop I, when I think of the goodness of Jesus wow. and all that He has done for me. Like my soul cries out hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, ooh, I'm telling you, when you when you do what you're supposed to do for God, um, I mean, He'll literally like open up doors that you don't even see yourself. Ooh. Man, why y'all doing this to me, man? <clears throat> I'm telling y'all, God is amazing. Um, literally, literally thinking I was going to die. Um, and like, I gave up on myself. I literally gave up on myself. But um, these last few days, like, just hearing God say everything is going to be okay. Like, everything is going to be all right. Don't worry. I got you. I'm telling you, that's the best place the best space to be in and just you know serving him the best way that you can is real it's real like it's real um, and so that's why i say we have to be that light you know in order for you know to help others you got to go through something and it pushes you into a purpose of the push you into the purpose of the, the life that god has for you so you can affect other people and that's the goal at the end of the day if we not affect other people then we we failing you know it's, and it starts with us first we have to have our own our own things that we face, but once we get over those things, it's just, it's like putting a boat in water. 
and just, just riding the waves and just going like that's that that's how it is. That's it for me, man. Y'all y'all got me crying on here, man. Um, but this guy is amazing, man. Hey, thank you. This I mean, just absolutely thank you, man. I mean, I, praise Jesus. Keep going, please. Let's keep that is incredible, man. Praise Jesus. It's encouraging to me to see a young man, praise God, have the intimacy of those experiences so we can share that with other people here and they can grasp it and take that for themselves. So I encourage you, keep digging, keep seeking, keep knowing. Because he is indeed not just, he's awesome, yeah, outstanding. Hey, he's Chris, good. Chris, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared your testimony because your testimony is not about you, right? It's about you sharing your testimony for somebody else. And if you help one other person, you did your job for the day. So don't ever tell, don't ever tell yourself that, let me stop talking. No, you sharing your testimony about how good God has been to you. And at that moment, somebody's life could affect it or ultimately change it. Even if it don't, you just re-energize my faith just by sharing your testimony. And you don't even know what you did just by sharing your testimony. So don't ever tell nobody or tell yourself to stop sharing your testimony because you helped over, I'm pretty sure you helped over 13 people, 12 people, mind, well, you helped yourself, well, 13 people <laughs> on this call just by you sharing your testimony. So I encourage, that's why, yeah, and that's why you share your testimony because you went through something and, and God showed you grace and mercy and love and through that love ultimately transformation happens so despite whatever you say like at the end of the day you know for yourself and can't nobody tell you can't nobody tell you um oh believe in buddhism or believe in um become a whatever because at the end of the day you know for yourself who jesus is at the end of the day you know that your salvation is secure and pure because of which he not only you did not only what you went through but what he did for you so don't ever be quiet Keep talking. <laughs> I hear you, bro. Sure. Yeah, that, that's really all I have to share on that. You know, like I said, God is a good man. I'm glad to be a part of this and, and just, you know, just real. At the end of the day, that's what it's, that's what it's about. It's realness. But it's good though because we have opportunities like this where someone who's just like, you know, what, I'm gonna just chill and listen today, and you have such an impactful word that's like now people can can remember what what just was just said. And just go on with their life like man like god if you could do that for him i'm sure you could do it for me i even think about think about stuff like that like testimonies like that and you see how like it, it builds a strong foundation for your faith like now like he said doctors didn't know you know what i'm saying to be honest you didn't know but god knew and it's like can't no, now really can't nobody tell you different i can come up and i can i can tell, i can give you a diagnosis i'm like oh yeah you, you you got this you got that you probably not gonna listen to me. You be like, no, nah, I I know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 the part that where you know that you know that you know that you know. You know what I mean? And that's where it gets down to in our faith. Like we gotta know that we know that we know that we know. It doesn't matter what what science says, what what math says, what the the world says. When you get down, you know that you know that you know. There's nothing that can that can that can shake that. There's nothing that can take that away from you. It's a uh, I think it's a. Uh, Ty Tribbett song. I thought it was a scripture, but Ty Tribbett, he has a song in, in, in the chorus. It says, this world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. You know, it's like, when it gets like that, when it, when it comes from God, 
can, nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can tell you different. Nobody can contradict your thinking. That's really what it comes down to, and how we have to be in our faith. Just um, another thing that I thought about that helps with faith is just maybe having a prayer journal. You know, we we all know that that prayer works, um, and it's amazing how we tend to forget what God has done for us or how far God has brought us from. I thought of, I think about like the Israelites, you know, I think it's been mentioned before where it's like, you know, you, they saw the, they saw the, the, the Red Sea split in half, right? They saw all these miracles, but they was still was like, like, dang, we could have had, we had it better in Egypt or really God, you brought us here just to die. Like they saw all these things and forgot like that fast or whatever, what God has shown them or brought them through. And I think the same way goes for us even today um, as believers. So I think that is uh, maybe an important tool or resource is having a prayer journal or just a journal in general where you are writing out the things that you are um, believing God for and dating it. And then looking back maybe a year or a couple of days later and seeing how God came for it, came through for you in those moments. And that can re-energize um, your faith as well. You know, um, and at the same time, too, I'm thinking even for myself and what I'm working on is my, myself is having like, uh, that, I think, you know, the, uh, the three Hebrew boys that got thrown in the uh, fiery furnace having that, their attitude that even if God doesn't do it, you know, I'm still going to serve him. Even if he doesn't come through, he's still good. You know, having that level of spiritual maturity, that's like um, the level I feel like we, um, can strive or look to, right? But what can help definitely is having those prayer journals, writing down what you believe in God for, when you're praying, and seeing how God can turn situations around and using those things as reminders to know that if God did it before, he can do it again. Just like that Chai Tribbett song, Andrew, you, you're making me think about. So. When y'all started off, um, y'all was talking about, you know, about like the Lord and stuff and things not being like kind of tangible how other earthly things are. And I was just thinking, like, that could, it's kind of a double-edged sword, at least for me. Like, in one way, that could be a tool of the enemy to kind of make you doubt things. Like, uh, you know, it tests your faith. Oh, you can't you can't see Jesus. You can't, you know, um, he's not going to appear to you in earthly form. People make, you know, try to use that and uh, to kind of question your faith and stuff. But then I think, at the same time, once you establish that connection with him, it can also make it the strongest form of faith too, because once you believe in something um, and you have that connection to something that that isn't really tangible, then I think it becomes harder for the enemy to kind of test you uh, and to and to break that connection as well. That that's just something I was thinking about. That's a really good point, man. I it kind of makes me think about like people who who are married. Like there are things that just the two individuals know kind of almost like an inside joke type thing um, i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's, that's funny it could just be something that kind of brings them together and it, it could just be that that one little thing that makes them realize like man this is why we're together or this is why i really love you so we're like when they when it when it does come come down to times where like something may be difficult or i might be annoyed but if y'all both just fall back to that one thing that you just both specifically you know know it's just like, yeah, nah, this is this is it. Ain't no breaking of this. So, you know, that's a, that's a great point, man. I'm glad you shared that. I'd like to take a second and go back to something that Eddie was saying about man. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection the sufferings. You know, like you said, we don't want to deal with the fellowship of his sufferings because that means you got to share the pain. How can you know him if you don't, in him, everything, i.e., think about it. Um, when you want to know a spouse and come to know the dating process, know a person, spend time with them, the good and the bad. And yet, instead, that, to, that is to mirror the relationship we have with God. So, the only way we get to know God is to, is to um, share in the, not only the power of resurrection, that's the exciting Jesus conquer the conquer Satan and kick butt and take names in the spiritual sense, but then you have to also celebrate, also be able to fellowship, hang out with him in his suffering. You have to be able to encompass not just the spiritual nature, but the divine nature as well, the divine nature as well as the natural nature, because in in doing that we get to know all of who he is, come to know all of who he is, or more about all of who we are in him. And so by doing that, really to know them, we get to know one another by spending time with one another in the good and the bad. A real friend is someone that's not just there when things are great, fine, and wonderful, but also somebody's there when you're going through something so they can walk with you through it. So I, I just wanted that because I appreciate you sharing that, Eddie. I think Zeke said something earlier about uh, like working out. He said uh, when you go out and um, after you work out, you feel sore. And, you know, you don't want to feel sore, but, but you know, that, that soreness is like a good thing because that soreness is doing it. It's building, it's building you, it's building muscles. And I think about, you know, like just the struggle I've been through in life and, you know, just the times where I felt like I was suffering. And then at the end of that suffering, on the other end of that suffering, it was always something, something that I learned or something that like helped me for what was to come. And um, eventually it brought me to the place where I'm at now where, like, I don't look for the suffering, but whenever I am in the suffering, I, I embrace it because uh, I just time and time again, the suffering has taught me that, like, you know, embrace the suffering. Good will come after the suffering. So I think it's important to, like, embrace whenever that suffering do come to, like, just take your head on and embrace it because we know that we're not alone. We do have a, we do have a father who cares for us and loves for us and is always with us. Suffering, is, yeah, I, I had to learn that it's not a bad thing. We all suffer. He told us multiple times in, in the Bible that in this world you will have you will have pain. Take heart because I have overcome the world. So yeah, just whoever's going through the suffering, I just encourage you to embrace it and take it head on. I'm I'm glad you uh I brought that up because like the whole analogy that Zeke had mentioned about working out is the whole analogy of is the whole thing about this spiritual walk. And I even think about too that when working out, when the weight gets too heavy. We had, we had asked for a spotter, right? Somebody that would come and, you know, help with the weight, help pull the weight up. And in the same way in community, when the weight gets heavy, we have, we definitely have God. And God also blesses us with community because he said it's not good for man to live alone. And so when the weight, get, when, it get, when the weight gets heavy on us, we have spotters, we have our community, we have this, you know, we have people we can call on that will help us through these things to encourage us. Um, to speak life into us, to let us know that, you know, we get through this together. You know, let me let me carry the weight with you, you know, so we can lift this weight so you can get stronger through this. So use your spotters. Man. When, when life gets too heavy, when the weight gets too hard or whatever, 
yeah, we have spotters. These these this community that we have here, we are spotters. Right. So there's something else that I was thinking about. Uh <laughs> there's a lot of examples that can come from the working out they like the working out example. And I, I even thought about how we talk about I think Isaiah when Isaiah was talking about suffering, like we're like we're called to suffer, you know, and like even when you working out, I remember when I was working out I was in I think I was a sophomore in high school, and they were trying to get me to uh dunk because I was close and I was like close enough I can grab room. Right, they were working, so they was working on me uh squatting. I was squatting a whole bunch, and I do all these sets. And he like, bro, you not tired? And I was like, no. Nah. And then so I, I I never felt any pain. I never felt nothing. And then my coach, he see, he came, he watched me squat. He said, oh, you not doing it right. He had me spread my legs out more and get get in the right stance. Then I started feeling it, and I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, all right, yeah, I I see why people can only do a few sets of these. You know what I mean? And what's how I t- take it now is relating that to the spiritual and relating to our work with God. If you're not going through no tests and trials and tribulations, you're not doing you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? If you even Jesus suffered, all his disciples suffer, all Christians are gonna have to suffer, all believers will have to suffer. So if you you you've been going for a little bit and everything is smooth and dandy, you need to like. Look at God, like, all right, my, what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? We're su- we supposed to suffer. We're called to suffer. And if you sitting there and it's been a good minute, like going on years and years, you're like, I've just been cooling, doing what I want to do. I pray and I need, you know what I'm saying? Just, life is good, you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's good, but you're not doing something right. You know, we called to suffer. And with that suffering, we get bigger, we get stronger. You know, and I think I was reading Timothy. I'm studying the book, it's First Timothy, and it's I think it's third chapter, and it talks about like working out your mind, or working out your spirit, like how talking about how working out of the body only benefits one thing, but working out in your spirit benefits all things. You know, you got to go through it. You got to go through that with your spirit. My bad. Go ahead, Ree. Yeah, I got two things real quick. So the first thing is um uh, uh, back to what you said about suffering is that if you do feel that way, just like you were saying, God has has His way of uh, making sure you come back. So, um, <laughs> if you if you do feel that way, you feel like you are slipping or whatever. Um, just for me personally, like when I do feel like I'm away from God, He has His way of, of making sure I always like sprint back to Him. So, um, that's one thing. And then the other thing I was gonna say was um, was suffering as well. Yes, suffering is hard. Nobody wants to do it. But I was just thinking about if you do suffer, right? And, well, well, when you suffer. Um, isn't it better to suffer with God than without? Because and the reason why and the reason why I say that is because like I was just thinking like this this Christian walk and yes it's hard but I was like at the end like wouldn't it be isn't it worth it like it's worth it like I would rather have Jesus and God than like not having them and then going to going to hell and I just think about that oftentimes like when I'm struggling or when I'm doing something I'm like I'm I'm happy I'm doing this with God because if I wasn't you know, one, it could be worse, and then two, I'll be in hell. So, th- those are the two things, real quick. That's why. That's what I thought uh, Eddie was gonna say. When we talk about the spider. Like, even yeah, we are spider to each other. But also, Jesus is our spider. I never. He was a poet. He talked about how life is like a, a walk on the beach, and you look at the trails. He said, "Jesus with you." There's two sets of footprints, and then how some points in life, you know, one set of set of footprints, and he was like, "Jesus, where were you at?" When it was this one set of footprints where it was the hardest in my life, he was like, I was carrying you. You know, those was my footprints. I, I, I had you. 
Exactly. And also, too, to that point, just think about this for a second. Like, I was just thinking sometimes, too, like, when I go through stuff or whatever the case may be, like, if I wasn't going through this, if I, if I, was, if I was going through this with somebody else in some other religion, like, how would it work out for me? And then I think about, you know, going through it with Jesus. Like, one thing about Jesus, you know, because they say, like, when you go to hell or whatever, Jesus shows you everything that he, like, saved you from. Like, or that you that you that you could have been saved from, and that's something I don't want to see. So I would live my life every day knowing, like, I would rather have Jesus than than be without. That's a good point. It made me think real quick about like, if I was to go to hell, right? I think that the the biggest torment would be the thought of knowing that I had the opportunity while here on earth. Not even the torment while I'm down there, but the torment of, dang, I had the opportunity when I was here on earth, and I decided to live my own way not even that though but like knowing that you had a chance you're gonna get it worse mm. like it really says that knowing that you had an opportunity to actually get it right no you're right you're right it's like but it's you gotta think about that though knowing that you had an opportunity and then you go and now you getting it worse than you know just somebody who would just live in any type of way not really like thinking about god or anything like that but knowing, like you said knowing that you had an opportunity you get it 10 times worse so that's that's crazy, like that's that's crazy, like that's devastating. Just thinking about it. So like, why why wouldn't you want to live right? You know, not forcing somebody, but like, why wouldn't you just want to make the right decisions? You know, turn away from evil. You know, turn your back to you know the attacks of the enemy and things like that. Like it is kind of like a no brainer. You know what I mean? You got you can suffer for a little bit on earth, suffer for eternity in hell. I already hell on earth. How would I want to go? You know what I'm saying? At least if I'm suffering here, God gonna be with me. You know what I mean? If I'm in, if I'm in hell, if I call on Jesus, I don't, I don't think he gonna, he gonna, he been there once. And I don't think he gonna come back. So you feel me? <laughs> you got to make that decision. Think about the what we talked about earlier, man. He um, it says in the book of Second Corinthians, the tenth chapter, the sixth and seventh verses. That Satan essentially does everything to create computations and reasonings against knowing God. He'll let you know good and evil. He'll let you discuss what's good, what's evil. He'll let you chase science. He'll let you think you're smart. He'll let you try to uh, take care of yourself and make yourself feel good because you put in time and you, you get smart and you have a career and you make money or you figure out how to make money one way or this or whatever. You can take care of yourself. Right. I mean, he kicked Adam out of the garden and Adam had to figure out, okay, now I got to go and, you know, get all this food and make it for myself and plant it. And I got to take care of myself. I got to build my own home and everything's given to him in the garden. So Satan does everything possible to create computations, reasons, and thoughts, not against you knowing good and evil, but it says against you knowing God. So the world does everything that it possibly can to get you not to know God, but to know good and evil. I've always heard a pastor say how he doesn't mind us going to church. He don't mind you singing in the choir. He don't mind you even reading the Bible. When we start to know it, you start talking in your spirit. That's when it starts being the problem. It's like a lot of times we see people having a form of godliness, but what really gets down to the root of it or the nitty gritty of it is 
that decision to submit, that decision to have Jesus make Jesus the Lord of your life, to have make Jesus have lordship over your life, rule over your life, obedience, sacrifice, mission to Jesus. And like a lot of times people don't want to do that. <laughs> and that's I guess that's the where the hardest part of it comes from. Back to you, what you were saying, Drew. It's like if you ain't feeling it, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> I mean, the world gives you fake love, right? The world, in order for you to accept God, you gotta accept his love. I mean, it's just like when you're a parent, as a parent, you do everything possible to show your children love. And they get the decision to decide, do they accept that love? And the day that they actually accept that love, your relationship begins to get closer, right? And, and, and think about what happens in real life. The world is trying to show you a fake love. Oh, we love you. We'll give you an opportunity. We'll give you a career. We'll give you money. We'll give you, the, the world's trying to give you this fake love. And, and the world's trying to get you to fall in love with it, right? It, it, and that's really it. When you can accept the love of Jesus, like you said, Eddie, right? Then once you accept that love that he died for you, then you can accept that fact that the next step, okay, now he rose from the dead. And like Pastor Rob says, and now I'm rising up and I'm sitting on the right, the right hand of God in Christ. But you got to start with that love, man. And, and, and Satan does not want you to accept the love. Think about it, man. Kids that get drawn to the street, they do not want you to understand that your father and your mother love you more than the street does. That's it. Last thing, last thing I'm gonna say. I, I believe that that guy, he wants us to enjoy life. You know, there's nothing wrong with enjoying life, um, having fun, having money. You know, there's nothing wrong with these things. Like you said, Mr. Bright, as long as you don't fall in love with these things, right? And where they become an idol. And my dad, he has said something too. It's like, there's nothing wrong with having fun as long as the fun doesn't have you, right? And so, um, and it's just remembering, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So God wants us to have a great life, you know, as long as we don't make those things an idol. And they don't take the place of, of him. So that's, in the day, I think that's what it's about. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting our podcast. I hope this word blessed you. I hope it affects your spirit. I hope it gets into your personal life and you apply it to your daily life. Follow us on our Instagram account at WeAreK4C. That's W-E-A-R-E-K-4C on Instagram. And have a blessed day, guys. Thank you guys so much.